We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? It's Wednesday, August 31st, and this is KCSN Update, your daily dose of news uh, regarding the Kansas City Chiefs from us here at KC Sports Network. Now, if you're a Chiefs fan, please hit that like and subscribe button. It's free, makes you feel good, and it helps people. We are those people, and we appreciate your support. Now, normally on Wednesdays going forward, starting next week, we get into the regular season. We've got more to talk about. Uh, We're going to be joined uh, with a weekly recurring guest on Wednesdays in YouTube legend Brett Coleman. So that's the first time we've said that publicly. So a little breaking news right there for you. But again, Brett's going to join us every Wednesday during the Chiefs season uh, to break some different things down regarding the Chiefs and across the rest of the NFL. So make sure to check that out. Um, but today we are going to lay down the top five storylines that we are going to want to revisit once this Chiefs season is over. Things that have transpired over the offseason and just different things that uh, we've we're going to want to keep our eye on and make sure that we've got one clean show, one clean thing that we can go back to and look, uh, look at and see how things kind of, like I said, transpired throughout the season. Now, before we throw to this quick break, I do want to uh, plug uh, the one-on-one show with Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen this week is a phenomenal listen. So make sure uh, you go and after you're done listening to this show, make sure you go listen to that one. Those are two guys who played for Andy Reid, played uh, for multiple teams in the NFL, and they've got phenomenal perspectives. Uh, they're open, they're honest, and it's just a great listen. So uh, it doesn't have to be a Chiefs fan uh, to take something away from that. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, but right after this, Tucker Franklin is going to join us to break down, again, those top five storylines that we're going to want to revisit once this Chiefs season is over. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, we're going to go through the top five storylines that we're going to want to revisit once this Chiefs season is over. That's what today's show is all about. Now that the season is almost here, we don't have to get, again, super creative with a lot of the things that we're trying to come up with from a content standpoint. Uh, We'll have some weekly recurring guests uh, starting next week on Mondays. ESPN's Matt Miller is going to join us on Tuesdays. It's going to be Nate Taylor from The Athletic with our five burning questions. Uh, Wednesday is going to be, again, YouTube legend Brett Coleman. And then on Fridays, we'll have a weekly recurring guest of Trevor Sykema uh, from Pro Football Focus to help us break down the key matchups for the upcoming Chiefs game. So a lot of cool stuff coming uh, to this 
particular series with KCSN updates. We appreciate uh, you hitting that like and subscribe button, turn those notifications on to make sure you don't miss anything, whether it's this series or all the other stuff that we have going on. But today, Tucker Franklin, our fearless podcast producer, host of co-host of Outside the Trenches, KCSN Update, Mizzou That's Who, uh, 21 Questions, uh, pops on the post game. Tucker, you're a little bit everywhere, man. That's uh, that's what I am. It's just a little bit of everything. I'm the uh, the ultimate utility guy. I think that's what I would describe myself as: is the KCSN utility man. You, I can, you can play in the outfield. You can put me in the infield. Need to pitch. Need a position player to pitch. Go ahead and throw me on it. I can get the job done. There we go. Let's get into this. Let's keep this show. We're gonna try to keep it around twenty minutes for everybody out there listening. But um, Tucker, an honorable mention before we get into the five. An honorable mention for this. Uh, that's not make our top five but probably should have um could have just made it six but we'll call it an honorable mention is the the stud rookie class um anybody who's followed us or supported us here at casey sports network and followed our draft content uh, which was a whole lot of fun knew how we felt from the moment uh these players were drafted that we felt like this was going to be a special rookie class and it's one of those things when we get back to the end of the season we're going to look back and see how much these guys contributed yeah, those receipts look really good right now. Um, I guess this is what we're doing here is pulling all these receipts. And we were very big and very, very happy about this rookie class. One of This, I think, will go down as Brett Beach's best rookie class. Here we go again, writing some more receipts. But 9 of 10 rookies that Brett Beach drafts makes this initial 53-man roster. That's incredible. That doesn't happen. And that's kind of no. the, the kind of the thing we were talking about beforehand, BJ, is that that's something that, that doesn't really happen. No undrafted free agents make it, but nine out of his 10 selections make the roster. Nazee Johnson uh, earlier today was as we're recording this uh, on, on Wednesday. He was named to the practice or resigned to the practice squad. So uh, he's going to be with the team, too. So all of those guys are going to be with the organization. That's a huge feat. And I think something that people probably aren't talking about enough. Yeah, I think we talked. We were talking about right, right before we recorded. They kept twenty-four guys on the defense, and six of them are drafted rookies. A yeah. quarter of the Chiefs' defense are rookies. And I remembered from my time at the Chiefs back in twenty fifteen. I remember looking up the snap counts because that twenty fifteen Chiefs uh, class was pretty special in in their own right uh, because of how much they were producing as rookies. And I went back and I found one of the articles that I wrote uh, back at that time, but the chiefs had the most snaps played by a rookie class back in 2015. And that was the class that had Marcus Peters, Mitch Morse, Chris Conley, Steven Nelson, Rameek Wilson, DJ Alexander, James O'Shaughnessy, Rakeem Nunez Roches, still killing it uh, and crushing it down in Tampa Bay. It's awesome to see Rakeem's mm-hmm. awesome. And then Deron Brown as uh, one guy I really didn't play that year, but everybody else was on the field, whether it was special teams or whether it was playing for the offense or defense. And you had some key guys that played a lot of snaps uh, for the chiefs. And so I think what we're going to see from this, from this particular 2022 rookie class could be really similar in the overall number of, you know, snaps that are played. And I remember making the case that when you look, when you use the phrase like value and how valuable a player is, I would just associate value to snap counts. If you are out on the field and you've proved that you're one of the best 11, whether it's special teams or whether it's offense or defense, that's value for the team. And so they had the most valuable rookie class that you could find. And the Chiefs now are in a completely different situation than that 2015 class, which makes it even more special. And this team that's trying to go and win another Super Bowl and is going to be in that short list of five or six teams that you would say at the end of this, it's going to be one of these maybe six teams is going to be in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are in that conversation. They were not in that conversation in 2015 when they were getting all that production from the rookies. So uh, pretty special there. Uh, like you mentioned, the, the nine guys. We'll see how many act are ended up being active on game day, uh, but that could end up being 
pretty, pretty special. And a quarter of the defense is just crazy uh, for a rookie class. So um, that's going to be fun to watch. So before, before we get to the five uh, storylines we're going to follow, let's have this quick word from DraftKings. Kansas, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon, you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using code KCSN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 1-800-522-4700. Must be 21. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as four $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at DraftKings.com Kansas. All right, Tuck, let's get into these five storylines that we're going to want to look back at once the season is over. And this first one, honestly, was a big thing going into camp, but really haven't heard anything about it since he reported. And that was, and that is the fact that Orlando Brown Jr. is playing on the franchise tag this year, wasn't able to reach that long-term agreement. Uh, but this is definitely something, Tucker, that I think at the end of the season, because the contract and is he going to get franchised again? What's that contract going to look like? How did he play? Um, you know, who bet on them? You know, did he bet on himself? Is he going to come out ahead of this? Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. That's kind of been Orlando Brown's whole career, right? Is betting on himself, you know, with it going without an agent, wanting to saying that he wants to be a left tackle, asking for a trade to become a left tackle, now becoming a left tackle, getting franchise tag and saying, hey, I can make more money than this franchise tag and willingly playing on the franchise tag this year to to kind of prove that. And I think this year uh, he's going to do his best to prove that. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in the second year in the Chiefs system. I think that'll be good. And listen, left tackles aren't going to get any cheaper. And that's not Orlando Brown Jr.'s fault. That's just the market's uh, the market value as it is. So I would really like to see the Chiefs secure him or another left tackle sooner rather than later because that price is just going to keep going up. Yeah, and look at a couple of the numbers that are fair to put out there. And you look at pro football focus, which I don't think is the end-all, be-all. People can say whatever want they want about their grades, but they can be part of the conversation and help give context related to other players in the league. Now, I will be the first one to tell you, and especially when it comes to offensive line, they don't always know the responsibilities of what guys are supposed to do. They don't know the scouting reports. They don't know what was talked about with the coaches throughout the week in order to you know assign blame on a particular play. But again, that's fair, not just for the Chiefs, but across the entire NFL. So there's kind of an even slate when it comes to something like that. And there is stuff that you can take away from that. But when you look at the numbers, Orlando Brown, according to tackles, and this including right and left tackles, but he's the 31st ranked pass blocking left tackle, or excuse me, tackle last year, according to pro football focus and on run blocking, he was 61st. So you'll get a player who's looking at a top five contract. Doesn't mean he's one of the five best. It just means he became a free agent at the right time. Most right. players in the NFL are either underpaid, which is most of them, or they're overpaid um, according to the way that people kind of look at contracts and how the value is. It just, you got to be a free agent at the right time. You got to be healthy at the right time. Uh, now, 
Orlando Brown is really betting on himself in this way. But you look at the the top tackle contracts right now, according to just the you know the annual average value, and you got Jake Matthews uh, down there with uh, the Falcons, I believe, at eighteen around eighteen million dollars a year. Uh, at number five and then up to number one, Trent Williams at just over $23 million a year. And you know, those are the numbers that Orlando Brown Jr. and his you know, agent were looking at and trying to you know, get this deal done with the Chiefs. And there were reports that you know, the Chiefs got that AAV up there, uh, but it was because of some dummy years added on the end of the contract that they never were going to pay. And so you look, you really want to look at the first three years cash as far as like from an agent and a player's pr- perspective. And when you look at the first three years cash at the tackle market right now, you're looking at number five, Cam Robinson at $52 million, 52,750 is that first three years cash. Laramie Tunsil, 57 million, Trent Williams, 60 million, Ronnie Stanley, 64 million. And then David Bakhtiari leads that with a three-year cash of $68.7 million. And so I really think from an agent standpoint, when you talk to people around the league, it's that first three years cash that you know you're going to get that guaranteed portion that's really going to play in. So when we look back at this in the, at the end of the year, those are the numbers that he's going to be trying to earn as he goes out there and plays a very motivated and our late friend, you know, contract year is undefeated uh, is what Therese Paler always used to say. So um, Tucker, how last take on Orlando Brown for you, when you look at those numbers and you look at his opportunity, where do you think this thing ends up? I'd love to see him improve those pass blocking grades, obviously, um, especially with the team is as, as uh, pass heavy as the chiefs, the run blocking is, it is what it is. You're just going to run to the right side, I guess is what you're going to do. You're going to run some dives. You're going to run behind those big boys in the middle, the Joe Tooney's, the Creed Humphreys, but uh, Andrew Wiley's ranked really high in that. It, yeah. So that, he, a lot of people said a lot about Andrew Wiley. He's yes. graded out really well as a run blocker. He really has. And, and I don't think people give Andrew Wiley enough credit, but this isn't the podcast for that. Um, uh, I, I want to see him kind of improve a little bit. That market's going to go up. As, as you mentioned, there's a supposed cap boom. You saw a lot of three year deals signed this year because at that mm-hmm. third year is where they think that that cap boom is going to be. Um, it's been projected for a while, especially COVID took a hit to the cap. It's going to rebound. So I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how kind of all that works out the money side of it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's move on to the second storyline that we're going to want to revisit once this season is over. And this one, obviously, is personal to me. Anybody who's listened to Casey Sports knows how I feel about my guy, Frank Clark, but um, a skinny Frank Clark this year has been the storyline from camp, but even before everybody basically saw him physically, it was the fact that Frank Clark was coming back 
and that yeah. he had kind of reworked his contract. They figured it out. I think most people didn't expect him to come back similar to, you know, Tyron Matthew and a lot of the Charvarius Ward. A lot of these guys that were huge parts of the defense over the last few years uh, weren't coming back, but they figured it out with Frank. They were able to bring him back. And now we've got a skinny version of Frank Clark, who's talked about, you know, the things that he's given up, uh, eating better, you know, giving up a lot of the alcohol, things that he's talked about pretty openly, um, you know, Pretty much he's been pretty open <laughs> the entire time he's been in Kansas City. But at training camp, it was pretty refreshing uh, to hear him talk about the things that he had gone through and just where he's at mentally right now, um, which can not only be a good thing uh, for him, both on the field and off the field as a person. Uh, but w- what do we see from Frank Clark this year uh, compared to what you know we've seen from him during his first three years in Kansas City? Uh you know, the best season he's had in Kansas City in terms of pressures was back in 2019, finished that season with 30 pressures. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him flirt with those numbers. I think the expectations for Frank need to be there. I don't think he's going to, you know, be a top five in sacks um, or anything like that. But if you can come out there and contribute, um, get eight to 10 sacks, get a lot of pressures and help, um, you know, kind of clean things up as Chris Jones and hopefully Karloftis and Carlos Dunlap and those guys make some noise on the other side. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a big thing, too, is to have somebody on the other side of him cause havoc as well. Carlos Dunlap, I think, is a great ad for that. Now, I know that a lot of people like to bring up the double-team rate uh, and the pass rush success rate. wasn't mm-hmm. They weren't at, at the positive sides of both of those uh, ends, which that doesn't mean – if you're not being double-teamed, that doesn't mean you're not having trouble getting to the quarterback, right? They, they can do other things besides double-teaming you to stop mm-hmm. you from getting to the quarterback. I think that's it's a very gray area right there when it comes to those things. But if you're going to have a Carlos Dunlap on the other side of, of Frank Clark or if you're going to put Chris Jones and Frank Clark on the same side because now you can because then you can add Tershawn Horton in there, this defensive line has so many different configurations you can add, I think, to yep. benefit Frank Clark and benefit him losing some weight, gaining a little bit of speed. We've seen his speed rushes around the edge and training camp they looked very good he looks very quick and i just love i just love his attitude so far this this you know really the whole time he's been in kansas city but even this preseason uh his attitude has been has been wonderful uh being being very honest about wanting to be in kansas city taking that that restructured contract because he wants to be in kansas city he doesn't want to go anywhere else and being really honest with andy reed and, and having that conversation I'm excited to see what it leads to, and I think it, it could be really good, especially with Karloftis, Dunlap on the other side. Those guys could start wreaking havoc. More attention has to shift to them and leading to Frank Clark doing what he does best. Yeah, and we've got a defensive coordinator who's not afraid to blitz. I mean, this guy right. sent a cornerback blitz on the first game, first game, first preseason play for yeah. the defense. He's sending a corner, so they're going to be uh, aggressive. And yeah, I, I want to see Frank have the best year of his career. That'd be great. He's an older player. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but if you want to know what those numbers are, back in 2017, when he was with the Seattle Seahawks, was the most pressures he ever got in a season was 39. And that was his highest pass rush grade across according to pro football focus of 79, uh, which for edge rushers would have put him right in the mid twenties. And so that for me is a sweet spot, a best case scenario uh, for what is, should be realistically expected again, from a breast case scenario standpoint uh, as Frank Clark getting um, between 30 and 40 pressures. If he can stay healthy, get out on the field. And then that pass rush grade around 79, if he's in the mid twenties with a pass rush grade uh, among edge rushers, that would be a really, really good thing for the chiefs defense, obviously. Uh, but that means that, everybody around him is having some success too. If he becomes a guy that, um, you know, we expected when they first brought him over, help us uh, clean some, clean some games out and finish some things like we saw uh, during that Super Bowl run. All right, let's move on to the third storyline that we're going to follow Tucker. And this one uh, has got an interesting number an interesting stat that I looked up and that's the new look chief secondary. Um, I don't think a lot of people 
necessarily understand how much production the Chiefs lost this offseason from those defensive backs. 58.3% of the Chiefs' snaps played by defensive backs last year are gone. That is Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, Charvarius Ward, Mike Hughes, Armani Watts, and DeAndre Baker. Um, obviously, playing a different amount of snaps in there, but those guys all together accounted for 58.3% of the snaps played by defensive backs. And so all of a sudden, you take those guys out and you insert Justin Reed, Deion Bush, Trent McDuffie, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, and Brian Cook, four of those guys being rookies. Uh, this is a completely new look uh, Chiefs defensive backfield. Obviously, you have Legereus Neat and Juan Thornhill who are back. But, Tucker, this is a storyline that people have talked about but probably not talked about enough uh, just considering how much new is going to be back there going up against a very tough schedule for the Chiefs this year. As much as people like to talk about how exciting the Chiefs offense is because you don't know really what's going to happen, I, I think it's the same way for the secondary. Is you've got a bunch of new faces. You've got a bunch of guys that have shown that they can defend at a high level in other areas, right? In college, they can show, they've shown it. Justin Reed has shown that he can defend at a high level for the Houston Texans. But to get them all together on this team together, uh, is going to be awesome. I, I'm excited for it. it. It gives me a lot of, it's almost like at the beginning of the year, you have a lot of hope, right? You know, you have a lot of hope for this, the secondary, just get new faces in there to, to kind of reinvigorate this defense. BJ, as you mentioned before, six rookies on this, on this defense are, or six people, six players on this defense are rookies. Um, and that's very interesting for Steve Spagnuolo, who doesn't really like to play rookies. He's admitted that himself. He doesn't really like those first-year guys. So I think that that's, that's going to be something that's exciting to watch in, in the secondary. Can it get up to that level? Can it get up to the production? Charvarius Ward left this team for a pretty good-sized contract for the yeah. 49ers. So uh, he was a good production player for the Chiefs. I'm excited to see where that production gets filled in from what they have right now. Again, 58.3% of the snaps played by Chiefs defensive backs last year are from players that are no longer on the Chiefs roster. So that is definitely something we're going to want to revisit once we get to the end of the season. And we've been preaching patience all year. And it's going to be something that Spags is going to talk about. Andy Reid's going to talk about. These young players are going to make mistakes. Yeah. They are going to blow some coverages. They're going to miss some tackles. They're going to get caught on some double moves and some route combinations they haven't seen and some unscouted looks and some things that they're going to have to figure out on the fly as just part of the learning process. And so give them a little bit of grace uh, when uh, we're watching the games and we see a, a rookie get beat. It doesn't mean that he wasn't good. It doesn't mean that he wasn't a good draft pick. It's part of the NFL is these guys have to come in and learn. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons to be excited. Uh, but you need that leadership. And that's where guys like Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill, um, Deion Bush, the guy who's been around a little bit, uh, having that those guys buy in and help the younger players through some of those mistakes and helping them learn that it's just a learning thing. It doesn't mean you can't play at this level. That kind of messaging is going to be really, really important for these young guys, especially on the defense, when, again, a quarter of that room uh, – is playing, you know, their first NFL season. So let's move on to the fourth storyline. And this one we've talked about a lot. We won't spend a ton of time on this because everybody's got an opinion on it, but uh, it's sad Tucker that we're at this point, but Tyreek Hill versus whatever, whoever the leading chiefs receiver is, that is going to be a storyline. How accurate uh, Tua is, is going to be something that Chiefs fans are going to be bopping on social media uh, every time. First time Tua goes out there and doesn't play well. Uh, and throws a couple bad passes. We're going to get the lowlights um, on all of Chiefs fans, uh, you know, timelines on social media. But uh, I thought it was interesting that ESPN Fantasy Football had Tyreek Hill projected at 1,087 yards and seven touchdowns this year. So respectable amount of touchdowns, but um, 
for Tyreek to barely be projected. And I believe you said DraftKings had him just over a thousand yards as well. Uh, that's pretty telling to me for a player who, again, most explosive player in the NFL right now. Uh, there's no changing that part, despite what he says, but barely projected over a thousand yards. It's something the Chiefs fans are going to have their eye on all year. And then compare that to probably Juju Smith-Schuster as far as receivers for the Chiefs who all have the most. Yeah, it's when you look at the DraftKings line right now that they have for player total set uh, 1025 and a half is the over under set for uh, Tyreek Hill with the undervalued at minus 120. Um, so DraftKings saying that they think that that's going to happen. You look at just other Chiefs receivers, Travis Kelsey, 1100 and a half. I, we talked about this earlier. That's what his over under set at. I believe Juju Smith-Schuster is close to that. A thousand, no, he's seven fifty and a half is what they have Juju at. I would hammer that over, by the oh way. Oh my lord, yeah, seven fifty. You kidding me? Uh, that's the over is valued at second twenty mortgage. Yeah, you'll get <laughs> get your money back. Use your four free bets on that. All four of them um, on that one. But no, I think that that's very interesting when you start to think about the projected yards because, like, receiver wise, I don't know. Who else Tua would go to, right? And I know they've got like Devontae Parker, Waddle. I think, is down at Waddle, but no. like Devontae Parker's in New England, but they've got Jalen Waddle. That's right. Um, Gasecki is a tight end yeah. who can make some plays. Yeah. See, you see how close I, I pay attention to the to the Dolphins. But yeah, I mean, I think that like Tyreek Hill's got to be the guy for them. So to only project him to have 11 or not even 11,000 yards, I think is. is Quite bizarre, and you can't can't compare him to Ty or to Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is going to have more yards than him. That's just going to be a thing. Um, so yeah, it's really it's really Tyreek versus Juju at this point, right? Don't you think? So he's painted himself. I do. I, I think that most people will make that comparison just because it's gonna be who has the most yards for the Chiefs, who has the most yard. How many yards does Tyreek have, and how do you compare those? Yeah. Um, it'd be really interesting if Tyreek just gets over a thousand yards. We've had the conversation of how many receivers plus Travis Kelsey. Uh, for the Chiefs end up with at least a thousand yards. What if you had two guys for the Chiefs that ended up with more yards than Tyreek Hill does this year? That would whether it's Sky Moore, MVS, uh, McCole Hardman, uh, be really interesting to see how or Justin Watson coming out of nowhere if there's some <laughs> injuries. That guy stepping up making some plays. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. All right, let's move on to the fifth storyline that we're going to want to revisit once the season is over, and that is Clyde Edwards Elaire. Uh, Tucker, you mentioned this one beforehand. I really like this one, uh, because uh, I expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to go out and have a really, really good season. I don't think that's going to change some people's opinion uh, about where he should have been drafted and if he should have been that pick or Jonathan Taylor who was taken in the same draft. At this point, those conversations aren't useful, um, but I will be really interesting, interested to see uh, what it looks like and what people's expectation of what a successful season looks like for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Is it 1,000 yards? Is you know, a running back getting a thousand yards in Andy Reed's offense uh, with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, something that we expect to do. We talked about it yesterday on outside the trenches that chiefs win the super bowl. They didn't have a, a running back hit 500 yards rushing, right. you know, uh, Damian Williams had like 497 and then LaShawn McCoy had like 430. So they didn't need it. It was split between a couple of guys, but you know, for a running back right now, it hit a thousand yards in a season with 17 games. He has to average now for Clyde. He has to play in all the games because he's right. only played in 10 games one year and 13 games another, but he's averaging 59 yards per game, which I think is very doable. If he can stay healthy over the course of 17, that's a thousand yards. And the most he's had in a season was 803 as a rookie. And again, that was when he just played in 13 games and he had 517 yards rushing last year and just the 10 games before he had that knee injury. 
Yeah, I think this whole running back room as as a whole is is kind of interesting too. Of of Clyde how he complements Ronald Jones making this roster, and, and you know Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco as well. You're gonna have Michael Burton in there too, vine for some for some third and short carries. So there's gonna be a lot of uh, interesting aspects there of how he can have a quote-unquote successful season with a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Uh, DraftKings yeah. had his over-under for yardage set, set at 700 and a half. I think that that's kind of a low line. I think it kind of sits in yeah. between his the two years, obviously. It sits in between the two years of what he had. But there's a lot of a lot of – I think he'll still get the lion's share of carries, but there's a, there's a lot of guys back there that are going to be vying for a lot of those touches. So um, I, I think that he can have a successful year, and I think maybe not having as much pressure on him can make him more successful to have more guys to do other things for him where he doesn't feel like he has to do everything and be that mm -hmm. RB1 necessarily where you're on the field all three downs. I think maybe that can help him be a little bit more successful. Yeah, I, I am rooting for Clyde Edwards to go out there and have success, not just because yeah. of what it would do for the Chiefs offense. If he gets back, he's healthy, he stays healthy throughout the season, and then you have a fresh Pacheco, you have a fresh Ronald Jones because uh, – I guess I think you made the point uh, yesterday outside the trenches that running backs miss like what two and a half games on average per year yep. uh, just because of injuries. And that's why another reason you want to keep uh, Ronald Jones, keep a couple extra of those guys. But yeah, uh, determining what a successful season for Clyde Edwards Elaire is, is something that I think all Chiefs fans, at least to themselves, should do right now. And so when you revisit that at the end of the year, if you think 700 yards and he surpasses the projections that some of the you know the gambling places have uh, is that considered a successful season or is it thousand yards or bust and then again when it's not jamal charles with alex smith at quarterback is a thousand yard rusher with patrick mahomes at quarterback something that's feasible for this offense with the rpos that they do and we'll see what how the offense might change but uh it's a pass first team and it should be uh when you have the best quarterback yeah. in the nfl on your team so anyway that's it for the five storylines we are looking forward to revisiting once the Chiefs season is over we appreciate everybody for listening we appreciate if you go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button turn on those notifications we got a lot of cool stuff coming up like i said kcs an update in this series starting next week uh, as the Chiefs get ready for that first game against the Arizona Cardinals on Mondays, we'll have our stock up, stock down report with Matt Miller on Tuesdays, five burning questions with Nate Taylor on Wednesdays, joined by YouTube legend, Brett Coleman Tucker's handling Thursdays with uh, some content that we'll save Tucker. We'll save the announcement for what your show is going to be on Thursday. And then on Friday, our three key matchup with pro football focuses, Trevor Sikama. So uh, make sure you hit that like, and subscribe, make sure you don't miss any of that. We appreciate uh, KC Sports Network being one of those places you stop to get your Chiefs news and updates. We appreciate it, and we will see you all next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.